Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This is the Soho Radio Podcast, showcasing some of the best broadcasts from our online radio station, right from the heart of Soho, London. Across our music and culture channels, we have a wide range of shows covering every genre, along with chat shows, discussions and special broadcasts. Here is just one of our recent shows. To catch the full show, head to our Mixcloud page or listen live at SohoRadioLondon.com. Welcome to Now Nancy with me, Nancy G. Matthews. This is the first show of 2022. I hope your Januaries haven't been too grim. I'm not going to lie, this is not my favourite month. I don't think it's anyone's. So to cheer myself up and hopefully all of you up, I'm going to be looking back at some top stuff from 2021. Um, it may not have been the best of years, but there's been some good stuff in it, I promise. And I'm going to be talking about it. So I'm going to be uh, letting you know about some great exhibitions that opened uh, last year. And so it's not too boring. I'm, I've been sure to kind of include ones that are still open this year so you can go and see them. And then some of the best films to check out from last year, a couple of books. And last but not least, uh, try not to fall off your chairs with excitement, everyone. I'm bringing back the good news segment. So yes, it's time. I need it. You need it. The world needs it. So yeah, there's all that to look forward to. And along the way, we are going to have some of my favourite tunes from last year. Let's start with a band that I really enjoyed discovering in 2021 when they emerged on the scene with their debut album and super cool sound. This is Wet Leg with Chez Long. was wet leg with Chaise Long. I um, I love the lines from Mean Girls in that. I don't know if you spotted them. Great film. Anyway, I digress. Uh, this is now Nancy with, you guessed it, me, Nancy G. Matthews. Today we are, and we're, well, we're not just looking back. Um, uh, we're, sorry, we're not just looking at now. We're looking at back then. We're looking at back in 2021. I confused myself with time just then. I'm, I'm going to be looking back at some of the stuff that's happened last year. And I'm going to start with some exhibitions and events but I don't just want to talk about stuff that opened last year, so this is still open for you to visit. That's what I was trying to confusingly say a moment ago. I'll, I'll just get straight into it. So let's start with a big one. Um, Life Between Islands at Tate Britain, which is showing Caribbean British art from the 1950s to now. This exhibition closes on the 3rd of April and it explores the work of artists from the Caribbean who made their home in Britain. And it's also showing work alongside other, this work alongside other British artists whose work has been influenced and inspired by Caribbean themes and heritage. So obviously it's, you know, spanning visionary paintings, documentary photography, fashion, film, sculpture. It explores this like huge breadth and impact of Caribbean British art in one place in Tate Britain and how people from the Caribbean forged new communities and identities in post-war Britain and how they've how it's transformed what British culture looks like today. So, I mean, it's an amazing exhibition. There's so much um, that I won't go through everything I loved, otherwise it would take up 
the whole hour and then some. Um, but to give you an idea of it and also just to give you some things to look out for, I'm going to talk about a couple. So um, there are some amazing works by Claudette Johnson, one earlier in the show, which is untitled, and then one at the end of a woman reclining called Reclining Figure. And the main two colours in that one are like the blue background, which is sort of fading out. And there's this deep red of the cushion that she's lying on. And I just love the way Claudette Johnson leaves some of her, like always leaves parts of the paper bare. Um, it's the, Those two are great works to look out for. And the one at the end, especially, it's kind of a great way to sort of eat, like great thing to have in the last room as you're leaving the show and then there's also a great series of watercolors by Lavena Himid called Scenes from the Life of Toussaint Louverture um, which looks at Francois Dominique Toussaint Louverture who was enslaved until the age of 45 and went on to lead the only successful revolt of enslaved people in modern history and in this watercolor series it's just like the watercolors it's just beautiful and I've actually not seen these before um, but here she uh, Himid compares the ongoing racial inequalities with the conditions that Haitians fought against in the revolt. So Toussaint Louverture's breaches, uh, breaches are collaged with contemporary newspaper cuttings and this is drawing parallels to the same things that are happening today. Um, and of course she has a major exhibition, Lebeni Himid has a major exhibition at Tate Modern at the moment, which I talked about on my last show, so do check that out as well. And then there are two wonderful Isaac Julian films. I'm a huge fan of his work and I've seen one of them before, but I really recommend you go and watch them both from start to finish if you can. The first is called Ter Territories and it's an early experimental documentary that he made in 1984, I think, and it's addressing race, sexuality and policing. It mixes different songs and moments from Notting Hill Carnival in the 70s and 80s in London and the way it was policed and seen by also the white residents in the local area and the way that it was sort of and, and it also talks about kind of the idea of dance and rhythm and how this was demonised. It's a really interesting film. Um, and then there's this there's this three screen film, Paradise Omeros, which was made in 2002. And that's one of my favourite films by Isaac Julian. The film is an inquiry into Creolness. And there's this sort of narrative that weaves in and out that looks at the mixing of languages, attitudes, landscapes. Uh, and we follow this young man or boy, uh, a Chile or Achille, um, from a beach in St Lucia where he's a waiter in this sort of full suit in the heat and he sort of walks into the water, into the ocean and then resurfaces in an urban cityscape with a sort of um, concrete 60s estate in London and there there's a sort of strange house party going on with the uh, with the protagonist being beaten on a bed at moments while others sort of dance obliviously and then he sits in a chair and is crowned by women who i think seem to be his relatives and it's this sort of dreamlike beautiful but kind of frightening it's really interesting and it takes its title from Derek Walcott's epic poem um and which was written in 1990. But actually, to me, it sort of reminds me of uh, the kind of fragmented elements and different scenes in some of T.S. Eliot's poetry, which with the sort of different characters representing different things um, and different concepts, and also the romance and violence and sadness, these sort of different scenes and moments that are worlds of their own. Anyway, um, it's a great, great work. Then there's a new installation work by Michael Macmillan called Joyce's Front Room, which is a full living room that includes found objects and home furnishings alongside photo uh, photographs by... Um, 
Armand Francis, Joy Gregory, selections from Horace Ove's film Pressure and other works, all in the setting of this living room that looks like something from the kind of 70s or maybe 80s. But it's wonderful to see the works in the setting. So I think that's a sort of really strange, almost time capsule in, in the show. You have this sort of moment and this huge shift um, when you're walking through. And then there's some great paintings by Lisa Bryce, an artist I love so much. And I've probably, I think I've definitely talked about on here. And they sort of sit next to Chris Ophelia's works and they have this really nice relationship as both the artists spent a lot of time working in Trinidad where I think, uh, yeah, Chris Ophelia still resides and works. And they, they sort of, I don't know, there's a nice conversation between the two of them and the light in both. And there's a sort of um, smoky feel to Lisa Bryce's often. Well, there is one of the sort of, um, women in the, one of her works is smoking but yeah I could go on as I've said that's some I've whizzed through there's so many great artists who I love in this exhibition I think a lot of the works in the show remind us of sort of how things have changed and how we've changed as society but at, and sort of maybe how far we've come but more so how much we can relate to the earlier works and therefore how much more we have to do a great deal seems to be the same a lot of the comments on policing and austerity and this divisiveness seem more prevalent and powerful than ever and so there are not only wonderful works in this show but some kind of, of the best artists in, and some of the best artists in the world but it's also an exhibition for our time and so I really urge you to go um, you do have some time but check it out and they've also changed the curation of their permanent collection at Tate Britain I believe to accompany the show so have a look through that maybe do two trips I did that in the end um, so yeah grab a members card from anyone you know <laughs> do please and um soon i'll be talking about some more things you can see that opened before christmas but first time for another song um here's another favorite from last year a band i love and i've definitely played before on the show i think their track robber is the one i played before another good one and um, they've got a great mellow sound here is the weather station with atlantic The weather station with Atlantic. This is now Nancy with me, Nancy G. Matthews. And today I'm giving you some top stuff from 2021. If you're just tuning in, I've gone back through the records, I've dug out all the good stuff, and I've also, if I say so myself, been clever enough to find some wonderful things to do that opened last year, but that are still open or accessible or viewable that you can go and see for yourself if you haven't already. I was just talking about Life Between Islands at Tate Britain, and next up is another exhibition, this time in gallery or at gallery today is Ropax London space near Green Park tube so it's sort of around the corner from there and this being a commercial gallery it's of course free to visit and I think it's also just a really lovely space um today's Ropax space in London it's it's a kind of lovely old house but this exhibition by Rachel Jones called Smile in all caps with lots of I's L's and E's is the best thing I've seen there without a doubt it's on until the 7th of February, so please, please don't miss it. Um, check it out if you can ASAP. So if you haven't seen Rachel Jones's work before, she works on large kind of large scale canvases, often with, with pastel and oil sticks, creating these amazing shapes and colours. And for this show, there are some, some smaller works and there are some more muted tones, but they still have this vibrance and this boldness and this kind of otherworldliness that I find it's just so affecting. She's, re she's pretty young and she's just like just making amazing work already. She's really made an impact and I think that's great. And overall, they're very abstract work, so it's quite hard to describe them on here. I'm going to do my best. And um, 
but there's so much there. Like there's so much in all of them. And I may, maybe look them up as I'm talking about them. But yeah, I, I really enjoy the way that these ones reference and sort of form so many things. Yet there's also so much raw feeling behind each piece. So there's lots going on, but you also just get a lot of emotion I think from them and she seems to play with the idea of or ideas preconceived ideas and riffs on a lot of more traditional artists in the kind of abstract expressionist movement but her working with pastels and oil sticks have this great freedom and 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 texture and movement that I think is really uh different and they can be kind of rough and globby but then they're also really soft as well in areas like sort of butterfly wings or stained glass and there's a lot of light to them and i realized when i was there and i was thinking about this that it's funny how the eye wants to form things without even realizing and you kind of find shapes and places and stories in them without intending to you sort of follow things and think that looks like something and I think the works in the room upstairs particularly the ones either side of the fireplace look quite a lot like landscapes or places in a sort of alternate natural world particularly the one to the right looks a lot like a kind of mad valley with mountains and hills building in on the sides and I would name them which probably be helpful but they're actually all called smile so um you have to go and see for yourselves and make up your own mind which I also think is important with these works anyway because that's the kind of the wonder of them we all see different things find different stories or pull out our own experiences to feel from them because they're not saying a particular thing I don't think um but there are a lot of continual themes and riffs there's she plays with flowers and in this uh, there's a lot of teeth motif um well done me for saying that and uh yeah so there's, there are notes and, and things, but you can also pull so much yourself. My favourite work in the exhibition is actually probably the one that is the most figurative. Um, so I suppose I've clung to my figurative preferences a bit. Um, it's, it is a series of teeth that are on this rectangular strip of canvas. And they obviously, that chimes with the exhibition's name nicely. And they're beautiful, but they're also a bit scary, a bit canine-y. Um, and I think that's great because it serves as a reminder of sort of, you know, the mouth is the opening to our bodies and it's this it's something that bites, but also that smiles. It's quite carnal. Um, so that's that's my favourite. But yeah, please, please go to, to her ex Rachel Jones's exhibition and you don't have too long. So don't let the weeks slip by. Check out Tadeus Ropak now, please. And also do go on the website to check it out. If you're not able to go into town, if you're isolating or something, there's her works are online and the photographs are actually really wonderful so I mean obviously try and see them in the flesh but that's also a great way to check her out if you want to and now I think it might be time for another song um something upbeat and dreamy because I've got myself all energized with that Rachel Jones exhibition and I'm overexcited so let's have a groovy tune I think this is a great band uh, French band Yell with their 2021 track Noir elle, sourire jusqu'aux oreilles Même quand rien ne va plus On l'a dit sympathique Rien, jamais aucun problème Même quand... I love that song. Um, we're actually just saying in the studio, it's like, it's a delicious border on, like, fun... Is it a bit naff? I'm not sure. I'm enjoying it. I also like the oh, we we couldn't we didn't know the name for it, but the wooden block thing. And I feel like everyone, someone always got given that in music class when they couldn't play anything. Um, and by someone, actually, yeah, I mean me. 
Anyway, uh, sorry about that. I digress. This is me, Nancy G. Matthews. And if you're just tuning in, this is now Nancy on Soho Radio's Wonderful Culture Channel. Before that, I was talking about the amazing Rachel Jones exhibition at Tadeus Ropak Gallery, not far from Soho Radio Studios, actually, very near green park tube so you can visit us and visit there and now i'm going to give you a couple more things to do and then some things to read so drawing room are celebrating 20 years of existing that's right it was their 20th birthday recently and they are enjoying this with an online or celebrating this with an online program that you can participate in from the comfort of your own home so if you're isolating recovering or just keeping away from omicron or avoiding the freezing cold which is very fair then do check this out they are holding a kind of year-long online talks events off-site projects they're also looking back at exhibitions from their recent and more distant past and talking to artists and contributors who made those things happen and so they've got a sort of program of events that they're going to be announcing very shortly and they also have an engagement program which explores the creative potential of drawing with local children and their families and teachers and that's continuing through 2022 and so you can find that find out more about that it's called rock paper scissors that's a really cool kind of education program um they have let's see what's coming up they've got um some interesting announcements for oh yeah so they've, they haven't announced anything fully yet they had something on the 5th of uh Oh, then they got something on the 5th of Feb. Sorry, I thought I was reading January. So yeah, they've got a members event uh, and some studio visits on the 5th of February, but the rest of the programme is going to be announced shortly. So that's a little preview kind of check out their website because that's all going to be kind of dropped soon. And then Victoria Miro Gallery in East London, they've also got a Paula Rego exhibition that's open until the 12th of February, which I really want to catch. From what I've seen, it looks fab and I always, always love her work. And it's the gallery's first solo exhibition by the artist, which I actually didn't know. And it brings together kind of significant individual works and different series that uh, have actually rarely been shown and that are principally from the last 20 years. So it's a particular kind of phase in her, in her work. And I just love the narratives in her work. I like the stories. I like that she doesn't shy away from sort of darkness, strangeness. Um, so head down to Victoria Miro. You may actually see me there. And that's a treat for you because I'll be I'll be checking it out in the coming weeks too before it closes. And so, yes, yeah, so that was a quick kind of interval. And now I think I'm packing this show with music because, as you can tell, I have enjoyed a lot of tracks from 2021. And so the next one I want to play for you um, is... Uh, artists Sharon Van Eaton Etten, and Angel Olsen. I've only ever read their names. Um, they've collaborated last year with this track and it's got so much soul in it. It has this kind of delicious, sad feeling, which is always nice to lean into. They're both kind of great artists in their own right, but they've done this amazing track together and it's actually really surprising this is their first one. So yeah, so lean into this sort of soulful sadness. This is Sharon Van Etten and Angel Olsen with Like I Used To. Sharon Van 
Eaton and Angel Olsen with Like I Used To. Another one of my faves from 2021, a, more, a kind of mournful, powerful one. If you're just joining, this is now Nancy and we're looking at, as you may have guessed, top stuff from 2021. So we've, did, we've done art and events and now we're going to take a look at books. So there are three main ones I've actually mentioned before on here and I hate to be repetitive, but I'm afraid I'm going to as I think they were all great texts and some of my favourites from this from that year this year that year it's already gone um if you missed my previous shows firstly shame on you but secondly fear not as I will give you an overview of each to entice you so Matrix by Lauren Groff which is a slightly misleading title it's a poetic piece of historical fiction um written in a really beautiful way that's really descriptive and it sets you in in that place as we follow 17 year old marie de france who was born the last in a long line of women warriors and crusaders living during the rule of Eleanor of Aquitaine in the 10th century. And she is sent to England to be the new prioress of an impoverished abbey. She's cast out from her home in the court with the queen and she has to sort of run this abbey and its nuns are on the brink of starvation and beset by disease. She misses her lover, um, whose name I can't remember, but it's great. And she has a very descriptive way of writing, which is really different to the two other books, which I'm going to talk about, which I think it's kind of like a, I don't want to sort of combine historical female writers because then it is different, but it is like a Hilary Mantle sort of, it's very rich and you really feel like you're in those, in those places, um, even though it's a whole other time and you have no immediate way of relating to them, but she makes it relatable. So Matrix, and yeah, it's not, it is misleading. Anyway, next one, The First Day of Spring by Nancy Tucker, writer extraordinaire and friend of the show, whose first novel follows a child who has done the unspeakable and killed another child. And we see this character in adulthood struggling with her own problems as she is now she is now a mother with a child of her own and is trying to be a good parent while escaping from her past in many ways. And it's a story about how close we all are to doing terrible things and what makes us do them. Um, it's about striving to be a good person and a good parent and what that means, I think, and a good mother. And actually that ch chimes in or ties in with a film I'm going to talk about later. So listen out for that. It's wonderfully written and I really like the frankness of her language, which is a sort of change from uh, Lauren Groff. And it's, it's quite a rare way of writing, I think. There's a stark way that she writes, which is quite unflinching, which I think is fantastic. So do listen back to me talking to Nancy Tucker, who is just an amazing uh, writer in person. I was fascinated to talk to her. And then last, but by no means least, Sea State by Tabitha Lassley, which was an amazing memoir where we followed the writer on her strange and powerful journey writing a book about oil rig workers while beginning a relationship with one of them as she struggles through or struggled through a really huge change in her life, deciding to sort of go off and write this book, using up all of her savings, sort of having a breakdown. Um, and it's beautifully written and really powerful. But And it's great to read from a female voice that is, and I talk about this when I talked about it on the, on the show before, it's really great to read from a female voice who isn't shying away from honesty or frustration. She is not necessarily always very likable. She's not making good choices necessarily, but 
why should she and it's also a fascinating subject matter so it's a it's a genuinely a wonderful book and it, it's a really good look at relationships how men behave masculinity while also obviously being from a female voice I, i'm not going to go on um that should give you a taste of each of them and if you want to listen back to the previous shows especially my last one where i speak to nancy tucker about her work and she's as i said an interesting person to hear from that is on literally the last show so check that out on the december one and next up, we're going to be hearing about some of my favourite films from last year. And I'm also going to be bringing back my good news section. I'm, I've missed it. I'm thrilled to be doing it. So, yeah. But first, another song, I think. And I think, well, we can all admit that while I'm finding good things to talk about, it's been a year of it. There's been highs. There's been lows. And this is a track that I think will get them all out. It's a cathartic release with a great genre sw switch in the middle. Here's Happier Than Ever by the wonderful Billie Eilish. When I'm away from you I'm happier than ever Wish I could explain it better I wish it wasn't true 